everybody. Welcome back to Corks and Crime. I'm Heather. I'm Natalie. All right, Nat, tell everybody what we're drinking, this discovery. We are drinking Poor House. Um, it has four out of five stars on um, our little app that we use. And uh, it's a white sangria, $10.99 at Total Wine, and it's a three-liter box wine. It's really good. It's so good. And I, I wanted to do a box wine yeah. to try them because I feel like... A lot of people turn their nose up at them because they're thinking of like the the cheaper Franzia. Yes, I was gonna say the Franzia <laughs> box wine, but like I was like, there's got to be some good ones because you could take this to the pool. It's a box. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really good. I think there are other varieties other than sangria are like fifteen dollars, but still they had it's three so liters. Much they had a Pinot Grigio, a Chardonnay, a red blend, a Cabernet. Right. They had so many options, and I agree with you. It's easy to transport. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely would be easy to drink at the pool because you can't take glass into the pool. Right, if the pool ever opens. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. On another note, if Oof. the pool ever opens. Um, but in just like anywhere, it would be easy to transport. Right. Um, I really like it. It's delicious. I was worried once I tasted it that it might be a little too sweet for you, but it's actually not that sweet. It's just very peachy. It's a lot of peach, but I mean, I'm a Georgia peach, I so peach. I love it. Me too. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. I want to try their, they have a rosé too. Oh yes. I forgot that they yeah. do have a rosé. Do they have a red sangria? I'm not sure if they do. I don't think so. I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was in the box wine section of Total Wine, and I'm like, I've never been here before. Look at all these. Total Wine has everything. I know, they have so many options, and I was like, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really good. And the box is really cute, too. It's very cute. Um, They put a lot of thought into their little style. I, I like it. Job. It stands out, yeah. Um, And we put a little bit of strawberries in here, too, to kind of like... Yeah. You know, make it a, an actual sangria. It's yeah. really good. I it's like it. It's a good it. summer drink for sure. Y'all should try it. It's delicious. You it's won't regret it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you like peach. I went into Total Wine the other day mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, oh, I need to stock up because we have in our um, kitchen a wine stand. Yeah. Kind of. So I always like get self-conscious when there's like one bottle up there and then we drink it and I don't have anything. So I was like, I'm going to get a couple of like, you know, not expensive bottles or whatever. Um, I had my mask on and like they're counting how many people come in the store and everything. And, um, they were cleaning and doing really well, but I'm telling you the customer service there, every like couple of feet, they would say, ma'am, can I help you find anything? Ma'am, can I help you find anything? They're the best. They're so sweet and kind and helpful and, um, not just going to sell you something because it's super expensive. No, they actually, I have had the experience more than once where I didn't really know what I was buying, but I was buying a gift. For a type of wine I don't really drink. And so I'm just going to like a more expensive. And they have actually talked me down and showed me a better a better financial option that tasted better. Right. Yeah, they're because like, actually, this one's cheaper and it's actually better. And I'm like, that's awesome. Well, remember that class that we took a long time ago, yeah. like in like February, I think. Yes. Um, The guy was saying like, just because it's super expensive doesn't mean it's a great bottle of wine. Like, yeah, there right. are some wines that are fantastic and they are very expensive because of like their process or whatever that it took to make them but just because it's 60 bucks or a hundred dollars doesn't mean that it's better than this like 20 30 40 dollar bottle of wine yeah they're great they will help you and they just yeah they're awesome oh they speak my language i love them yeah Yeah. and they're doing um curbside pickup too they can put your order in via their app and then just drive on up and another thing i bought like enough bottles that 
it would have been nice to have the cardboard box, but I didn't necessarily need it. Right. And he just gave it to me without even asking. Like, it... I hate when I go through like a drive-thru or something mm-hmm. and I have to say, can I get the cup holder? Like maybe you don't think I need it, but I need it. Right. And he just, nope, <laughs> I'm just going to give you the box and we're going like, to put this, these three bottles of wine in here. Box. Yeah. I'm going to hook her up. Help this girl out. Yeah. And I like them too. I can get a variety of beer there for Jeff that I can't yeah. get at the grocery store. Yeah. And it's cheaper. So. They have a lot, and they have a lot of local beer, too. They have a ton. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I do, too. I'm not a huge beer drinker. I'm not either. But, like, I would like to try some of their beers that they have. I'll tell you what I tried recently. Are you a Blue Moon drinker? Yeah, I like Blue Moon. Okay. They have a light now. It's, oh. it's called Light Sky, and it has, like, tangerine flavoring. Oh. It's delicious. Because I... This is not going to be popular. Maybe it will. I'm kind of over the seltzers right now. The oh, hard seltzers. Heather, right? That isn't a popular view, especially going into summer. But that's okay. But you I, can be over whatever I you want to be like over. I like them, but I feel like they all taste the same after a bit. Oh, yeah. They're just... I agree. They're, and none of them are like, oh my gosh, this just changed my life. Yeah. You, you, you have a different standard for them, I feel like. Because I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good for a seltzer. Yeah. At least that's me. But yes, I get it. They're lower sugar. They're not going to be as delicious. I'm just kind of over it because I feel like they taste the same. I apologize. Try the light Blue Moon. It's kind of pricey, mm-hmm. but it's it's good. If you like Blue Moon, you'll love it. I really like Blue Moon yeah. with like a little orange slice Yeah, you don't there. even have to put the orange in there because it's already there. Oh. It's in the tall skinny can. It'll fit in your brewmate. It's delicious. Mm. And have you had the, um, the McUltra... Um, lime and prickly pear cactus or whatever. No, but I've heard great things. That's really good too. Mm. So I'm going to substitute those for the seltzers. I am. Yeah, do it's just it. just what I'm going to do. Yeah, definitely. Because, like I said, I can do an occasional seltzer and I'm not hating on all of you, but you know they're not the best thing you can drink. Well, I, I also have a stance that like I have no fear in taking. I think Truly is better than White Claw. I will give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Because the only white claw that I like is the berry. What is it? The black cherry? Oh, yeah. yeah. The black cherry is okay. I I like the fruity ones. Yes. You know, like the wild berry. Yeah, I do too. That package better. Yeah. I mean, seltzers came in hot and maybe they're making their way out and that's okay. I mean, it's okay. My favorite seltzer is the Smirnoff Rosé Pack that's like a mix. Oh, I've never tried Those that Those are the before. best ones to me. And yeah. I've made it a point to sample Almost all of them. Okay. Oh, <laughs> various times. Various times. If somebody has one, I'm like, I need to try that. I haven't tried that one. I got to try it. I got to try it. Sorry. But like, I feel like the one with the mermaid on it, boo. Thumbs down. Oh, um, spin, say, spin, Bon Ives. I don't know, but it's not good. It's like gluten free, right? Well, are they all gluten free? Maybe. I feel like, I don't know. I've tried that one as well. I can taste the malt liquor. Yeah, it's gross. I think it's Bon Ive. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. Like I can taste that malt yeah. liquor taste. The new the new Budweiser ones, the Bud ones are pretty good for, um, for a seltzer. They're new. I haven't seen them. I've only seen like the Natty Light seltzers, which I'm like, Natty Light, I can't take you seriously. Stay in your lane, Natty Light. You I are told you. I, I know. You are intended for broke-ass college kids because that's what I used to drink when I was in college and didn't have enough money to splurge on, like, I don't know, freaking Michelob Ultra. <laughs> so I drank Natty Light, and that, stay in your lane, Natty Light. Stay well, in your lane. Well, they got me. They got me from the name. Did you I think, like it? I think, no, it tastes terrible. But yeah. it was the Catalina Lime Mixer. Oh. <laughs> they got me. 
Oh, that's funny. Tasted terrible. Well, but I'll tell you what's decent, but you, not, I don't want a lot of it, is the Natter Days. The pink can with the flamingos. Right, yes. It's like this the strawberry lemonade beer or whatever. That's actually pretty tasty. I would like that, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you like it. It's just kind of sweet, so I don't want it that a lot. But to mix in a Natter Days in there, their marketing, though, is genius. And their commercials are amazing. But Oh, well. But I heard that the other one, Aloha Beaches, I think is their other seltzer. Their other line or whatever. Yeah, I heard that I one tastes pretty that. good. The, the lime mixer tastes like... like Cough medicine. Ugh. They had me with the name Step Brothers. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Catalina Wine Mixer. Yeah, that's funny. They, they got me. But I that's all away. they have in their bank is yep. their good marketing. But yeah, Light, you are a cheap <laughs> beer. Stay that way. Stay there, Natty Light for the because win. college kids need you. They do. They do. Uh, yeah. And when like I had my little fake ID and that was all <laughs> that they could give me because they couldn't sell Natural Light otherwise. Right. So they're like, whatever. They're not even questioning it. They're like, nobody else is just buying this shit. Take just it. it. Like, just get it off of our shelves. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry about that little sidebar into seltzers. Um, what is are you watching anything right now? Listening to anything really good? I am listening to a very good podcast called Catlick. You told me about it. I started it. I have not done more than like one episode, and that's my fault because I've been the first episode. He okay. So the guy that does it is fantastic. Yes. Um, BT Harmon is his name. And he, like, at the very beginning kind of says, like, this is going to be a little bit bit of a commitment. And it is. It's 21 episodes or 22 yeah, it's episodes a lot. long. It's long. Um, but they're super short. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them are, like, 15 minutes. Um, so, basically, he talks a lot about, like, Atlanta history mm-hmm. that I loved. Yes. Um, and then he also has, like, four murder mystery stories they're not all murder mystery but some of them are murder mystery and then some of them are just like cover-ups and things like that Mm -hmm. um so like crime-esque um and it's it's good I really have enjoyed it a lot I'm not completely done um I think I have like three episodes left oh so Um, you're almost finished yeah yeah I'm almost finished it will I'll be once I'm done like it will the story will be done so basically, it's like he tells you four stories over 56 months. Oh, okay. Um, and they happen at different parts of Georgia, Atlanta. Um, and the history of Atlanta is so cool. Mm-hmm. And actually, I the agree. second story took place in my hometown, which I'm not, once you listen to it, I'm not super proud to say. But it was cool because there was a lot of history about my hometown that right. I didn't know about. Um but yeah, it's really good. He does such good research. It like the research probably that it took him to do this is crazy. I'm sure. I mean, I think I've actually I said I've only listened to one. I think I've listened to maybe like two, two and a half episodes. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of want to get I don't know that my parents know how to do the whole podcast thing. I think my dad does. Sorry, Dad, because I know you probably listen. But I felt like they might enjoy it because they're from Atlanta. Yeah. And to hear the history and they remember so much of this. You know? Yeah. I think they might think it was cool. Well, the very first story is back in like the really early 1900s. So a little before their time. But it also talks about like the development of like B.T. Harmon lives in Cabbage Town. Right. So it talks a lot about like the development of Cabbage Town. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it talks about like Old Fourth Ward. And he'll say these really cool things about like, you know where Crog Street Market is now? Like that's where I'm talking about. It happened right there. And like the Crog Tunnel. Um. 
so I really liked that aspect of it. And um, he just, like, the research was just insane. Like, all of the articles that he read. I know. He basically, I mean, it became his job. He became obsessed with it. And yeah. And it was kind of his job. Yeah. 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 He made a great, great podcast. Yeah. I'm definitely going to finish, for sure. Yeah. I'm just catching up on, same thing, like, Office Ladies, because I got behind. So, and then this morning, I was actually watching some of the old episodes after, you know, because I like to listen and then watch. Yeah. So, yeah, the old... Woo, the early Michael Scott is so awkward and uncomfortable to watch. I love him. Have you made dang. it to Casino Casino Night yet? Not yet. yet. <gasps> <laughs> well, this isn't a spoiler because I mean, like it says it in the yeah. title. But um, Angela and Jenna talk to John Krasinski for Casino oh, Night do they? for like oh, an nice. hour. Yeah, it's there's one point where John talks about like when he was um, auditioning for the role of um, he first auditioned for Dwight. Really? What, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Nobody is Dwight. No. Rain is Dwight. Right. It was like made for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he auditioned for Jim and he um, he met Jenna like and they auditioned together for Jenna or for uh, Jim and Pam mm-hmm. and he was like, this girl is, she is Pam. Like, if this show is going to make it, she's going to be on it. Like, she has this part already. It's crazy, like, their affection for each Mm -hmm. other and the respect for each other's work. It made me, like, tearful. I just love that I get tearful, too. Like, when I talk about Michael and how he just wants to have friends and be loved and, you know, like, the character like, such a sweet character, even though he's got some not so sweet characteristics but (laughs) they always they always fix it like they spin it you know yeah oh um I can't wait for the episode when they do an interview with Steve Carell that's gonna be the best it's gonna be so good I can't wait yeah um so this will be the last time I talk about it for now but The Bachelor listen to your heart finished on Monday this week I don't know when this will air sorry I always do that I always screw it up anyway it's done (laughs) y'all don't know what week it is I don't know what week it is but it actually ended up being way better than I thought it would be. Good. And the couple that won, they can actually really sing. They apparently, this is all pre-COVID, of course, like they get to go on tour and record songs, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Which sucks. But maybe they get a contract, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They were really good. It was better than I thought. That's cool. What yeah. are their names? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry to put you up the spot. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm terrible at that kind of thing. Like, always when I watch shows like that, I'm always like, wait, but I don't remember her. She's the one that does this or that. Mm-hmm. The girl is from Utah, and the guy, I don't remember where he's from. But they're really cute, and they sing really well together. Okay, well, and good. And they fall in love. And they have good chemistry. I should be better than this. What are they doing now? Are they, like, in quarantine together, or are they maybe recording at a home studio? Well, they did, like, a little preview that they were, I mean, it was like, they're still very much in love, and it showed them, like, in the studio, but all of that is pre-COVID, so I don't know. And I have not, usually once I watch a reality show, I start following them all on Instagram. I do the same thing. I haven't followed them yet, so I don't know. They're they're still together, though, I think. Oh, okay, well, good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, I've disappointed Listen to Your Heart fans. There's probably, like, (laughs) two of you, and I don't remember their names. (laughs) Okay. Should we start our episode? So this is an interesting update to our episode three, which was titled Prison Snitch or Prison Bitch. There's been a big update in the Tokars family. I found this article that is specific to our local newspaper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Should we do a little background on who Fred Tokars is before we jump in? Yeah, so I think that's going to happen because in the article, article, it's really good. Um, So it's in the AJC or Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, and the title is Opinion, Another Victim of the Tokar's Murder Decades Later. 
So this kind of recaps everything that like Fred Tokars did. And then it talks about um, Fred Tokars' son, mm-hmm. which this is actually just terribly tragic. But I feel like it's important to talk about since we've talked about it before. Um, but yeah, I got the news that um, Fred Tokars had actually passed away. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, holy crap, like his son did too, mm-hmm. like right before he did. So I was just going to read from this article because it's really well done. Um, and kind of talk about Mike Tokars, which was one of his sons, and it'll recap the whole situation. So this is written, like I said, by Bill Torpy. Eight years ago, an aunt of Mike Tokars contacted me to see how he might be able to break into the world of journalism. I trotted out my stock answer to those considering going into this business, that it's a rough place to make a living, what with solid jobs drying up, it has hastened since. But if he were truly interested, send him my way. Within a month, he was writing the first person piece for the AJC about the journey that he and his older brother Ricky had taken from the nightmarish evening of November 29th, 1992. So uh, this kind of recaps it. For those of us living in Atlanta at the time, the Tokars boys, then aged six and four, are forever etched in a scene of horror. Their mother, Sarah, had just been killed by a sawed-off shotgun blast to the head after they were kidnapped upon arriving at their Cobb County home. Sarah had been forced to drive to a secluded area and was shot, splattering her young sons in gore. The mysterious gunman fled, and Ricky, responsible at age six, turned off the vehicle and then took the younger Mike by the hand. The boys saw a light in the distance and hoped it was... Um, home and scurried across a dark field seeking refuge. Mm. Ricky told the stunned homeowner a bad man shot his mom. Like it's, it's just so heartbreaking. Sad. It's so sad. Um, it turned out the boy's father, Fred Tokars, a lawyer with all sorts of shady connections, had his wife murdered to avoid going through a messy divorce. He was convicted and has been put away forever, as has the gunman and a business associate involved in the plot. So basically he was like laundering money into drug, you know, it was like this whole thing with drugs. And I think she found out about it. And, you know, instead of that being coming to surface, he had her killed. Because he was a well-to-do attorney in Marietta, right. which right. is like a northern suburb of Atlanta. Right. Um, so he didn't want to be embarrassed right. by an, a divorce. And I'm sure a lot would have gone down if all these people had been exposed. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, um, the article that Mike wrote for the AJC came on the 20th anniversary of that awful night. It was the first time he had spoken publicly about the murder. He started it by writing about the heavy and personal nature of the assignment and how he um, was pacing and chain smoking and he pondered talking to his brother about their mom. Mike told me he still hated his father, but the story he wrote turned out to be a warm and loving embrace of his grandfather and Sarah's six surviving sisters who helped raise him and Ricky to become fine young men. It was headlined, We Survived Thanks to Six Amazing Aunts. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. But what a beautiful way to take a tragic story and to make it positive or... um, just to like acknowledge them and right. honor them. I know. That's really sweet. It's very sweet. Um, Ricky went on to become an emergency medical technician and Mike got a scholarship to prestigious Columbia University in New York and earned a master's degree in journalism. That's amazing. I know. That's a big deal. Yeah. For sure. I know. And I've kind of like ex- just edited. Um, a few years ago, I saw Mike was writing for Christian Science Monitor. It seemed a happy end to his passage. But late last year, I got an odd yet polite request from Mike to take down from the internet the Six Amazing Ants story because it had caused a considerable amount of grief for him and his family. Yet it was once a story that brought him immense pride. That's so sad. I I wonder what happened that... I don't know. I think from what it sounds like, I don't think he was in a good place mentally. I think Mm -hmm. he struggled 
his whole life right. because of everything he went through. That's pretty understandable. Yeah, compliments of his dad. Yeah. So it turns out um, his was not to be a happy ending. Although he wrote a couple of books and bounced around the industry, he struggled to break into the world of writing enough to earn a living. He had worked in New York and some in Los Angeles. Last month, which would have been March when this was all written on a crazy whim, he took a shot at driving from Florida out to California to reinvent himself. So basically, after his mom was murdered, I think the boys moved to Bradenton, Florida with two mm-hmm. aunts, and they basically raised them down there, mm-hmm. and they considered that to be home. Mm-hmm. So he brought his yellow lab, Frank, with him. It was not a good idea. The world was shutting down because of the new coronavirus, and he was having a hard time getting a motel, much less the prospect of a job. An aunt told me the crushing frustration of trying unsuccessfully to find a niche. Niche? How do you say it? Niche. 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 I usually say niche. I just... Sorry. Coupled with it's some written weird. <laughs> it is weird. It caught me off guard because I say niche. Coupled with some mental health issues caused him to sometimes make badly thought out decisions. The four day drive did a number on his six foot four body. Mike had gained weight in recent years and started feeling weak upon arrival on the West Coast. An aunt living there was worried and came to look in on him. He had not stayed with her because she had dealt with cancer and was in quarantine. He was in his car listless. He was taken to a hospital um, where they discovered blood clots had developed behind his knees. Mm. Mike seemed like he was improving. Then a clot broke loose and moved to his lung. He died Friday, which was back at the end of um, April, um, of a pulmonary embolism. He was only 31. That is crazy. I know. So it's just so tragic. He's like, okay, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to make like a new life. Friggin' COVID happens. Mm -hmm. And then he can't find anywhere to stay. And he's been in the car for four days. (sighs) That's so sad. I know. In recent years, he kind of lost his way, said Brendan Flanagan, an Atlanta area lawyer who grew up with Mike in Florida and was his, was best buds with him through high school and college. So it's really sad. Um, He was unwilling to submit to the hard realities of life, Flanagan said. He had a nostalgic view of making it as a writer and a musician. Mm. Um, I spoke with his aunts, Joni and Chrissy, who basically raised the Tokars boys in Florida. They said the boys, even when playing t-ball, seemed sadder, more sedate than other kids. Mike used to sleep with a photo of his mom under his pillow. Oh, my gosh. I want to start crying. I know. Poor thing. I know. They grew up to be popular, handsome, and athletic. Still, Chrissy said there was something always lurking there with Mike. He struggled his whole life. He was diagnosed with PTSD and depression, said Chrissy. He was searching to find happiness through music and writing. I think Fred stole that happiness from him. Oh, 100%. 100%. Another victim of that long ago night. And a GoFundMe account has been set up to get his body back to Florida and to help the family. Mm. I know. It's really sad. And then I wanted to add to that, the thing that's not so sad is that Fred Tokars died. Yeah. So I don't even want to talk about it that much. But he um, passed away like a week ago. They're not really saying a specific date. It was sometime in May. Um, And he had actually been part of the um, federal protection program, witness protection, because he was helping solve crimes in prison. Um, But we found out when he died, he was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I guess he had been suffering with um, like a... Neurologic. Yeah, some form of MS or neurologic issue. He hadn't walked in like a decade. And that all the family knows is that he had um, had a fever and then been taken to the hospital and then he died. They don't know if it's COVID related or not. I wonder if he knew that Mike passed away before he passed away. I don't know if he had that information. Not that he deserves it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
it apparently in prison he helped authorities solve six murders, including um, three federal witnesses, those of three federal witnesses, a witness girlfriend, and her six and eight-year-old daughters. Okay. That's the least he could do. That's the least that he could do, but also he didn't do it without any contingency. He didn't do it without any protection for himself or like getting a freaking TV in his cell. Well, they tried to get him out of prison because he had done that. No. No. Absolutely not. So it's just heartbreaking that his son, you know, I know. I can't. At 31. From a PE. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's just so sad. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened at all. That's really, that's the true, that's the true tragedy. tragedy. For sure. Yeah. Whew. But Tokars is dead 28 years after he killed his wife. So Mm. good riddance. Yeah. Um, Okay. On that note. On that note. Don't you have a funny story to tell me? I don't know if you're going to think it's funny. I probably so, will. So on Facebook, this keeps popping up in my feed, and he's called Sacksquatch. Sax, S-A-X. S-A-X. And it's like a guy dressed up like Sasquatch playing the saxophone, like in the middle of the woods. And I looked on his Facebook. He's like in North Carolina. But I'm like, that is freaking hilarious that he has thought enough to do this, and he's just randomly out in the woods. In a costume, playing the saxophone, and he's named himself Sasquatch. That's funny. <laughs> but I might have to see it to I'll think it's you. even funnier. Y'all should look him up on Facebook. He's Sax Squatch. Squatch. <laughs> I obviously think it's really funny. Is he so. good? At the he's actually pretty good. He's actually pretty good. Okay. Because it made me laugh. I don't know. Do you remember Kenny G? Um, soprano no. sax, curly hair. No. Weird looking. Anyway, this is like '90s. Probably you, you're too young. It's like early '90s. Okay. But, like, he has a game, a board game, and it's called Keeping It Saxy. That's funny. They have it at Target half off, of course. But almost to the point where I want to buy it to be like, what the heck is this about? I think but, Jeff would love that. Well, that's how I found out about it. My brother texted me and was like, I found Jeff's birthday present, and it was a picture of Keeping It Saxy. And I'm that's like, is funny. that for real? Yeah. But he didn't buy it for him. So, anyway. All right, so, oh, we have a new little addition we're going to do. Yes, um, Instagram follower of the week, Kirk from Cambridge, Ontario. Thank you, Kirk, for listening. Yeah, he um, listened to us and gave us a wine recommendation that we are going to do, maybe not the next episode, but the one after. For sure. Because we already, like, we think of wine super far in advance, so we need to, like, add this to the lineup um because i mean the wine is the most important thing right um but he recommended old vine zinfandel so we're gonna try it in a couple episodes thank you kirk thanks kirk all the way from canada appreciate it so cool yes all right y'all thank you so much for listening thank you Bye. bye